Hey, welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. Hey, and this is Anthony. And my friends, this is, of course, episode 345, Talk Me Out of Backing, Master of the Universe, Clash for Eternia, The Board Game. We'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode, but especially our new Patreon backer, T-Max. My friend, you rock. Thanks for everything, and thanks for bringing us a brand new episode. All right, everyone, we are back, and again, we need your desperate help to stop me from backing an insane Kickstarter that's clearly going to ruin my life because it has all the things I want and also <laughs> wants all the money. <laughs> Yep, yep. This is this is hyper targeted here. This is Woo! you are right in this in the crosshairs. I yeah. I was not. I'm not. So I will gladly play the uh, don't spend your money side of things this time. <laughs> Absolutely. So that will be our feature review. Simon did a thing. Anytime Simon does a thing, you really should like lock yourself like in the basement or something and just like shut your Wi-Fi off because <laughs> and it, it's like, you know, it's it's scary. But we'll talk about that in our future review. So hold on and we'll see if I can hold on and not back this project. But before we get into all of the fun plastic that I could possibly back, we want to just talk about general stuff that's happening in the Nerdum kingdom out there, Anthony. A lot of new shows out there, a lot of new Netflix things, Disney stuff, Star Wars stuff, Marvel stuff. Stuff, dude, stuff. <laughs> There's too much stuff. Like, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's like a, a like a COVID style accordion where everything got compressed and then all of a sudden it's like explode all the things that were almost done are now all out. I don't have time yeah. to watch all of this. Like we were just talking about this before. You're like, Did you see this yet? I'm like, no. Did you see this yet? No. <laughs> like I I have time to watch exactly three shows every week and that's you know they're great but I, my time is limited so when netflix drops a whole bunch of new stuff or announces all their upcoming stuff or disney says they're gonna have disney plus day with like five new releases in one day i i don't know what to do i can't do it <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stuff out there and again i i think it's something that's a lot of fun i think it's like one of those kind of monkey paw things where at one point, you were like, hey, I have all these things that I really like as a gamer or a geek or stuff out there. Can I have all of those things in, like, high-level media quality? And they're like, sure. Here's everything all at once. And you're like, I don't yeah. have time. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So there's a lot of content out there. Uh, let's start off with Star Wars Visions, which is the new – I don't know. Is it technically – I guess it's all from Japanese artists – and writers, right? So it is anime, right? Will we consider it anime? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of different styles of anime, but yeah, it's it's all Japanese uh, artists, like you said, or anime houses, and sure. very, very different styles from like the first episode to the second one. Even you're like, whoa! If you watch them in order, you'll get, you'll get whiplash. <laughs> I actually try to do that. I saw the first one, and I I honestly like the trailer. They kind of splice everything together. So you're trying to make out a story in your head, and you're like, oh, wait, no, this is just all separate stories. The first one is super weird and interesting. It's like a complete throwback, and it's amazing. And then you're like, whoa, that's that's incredible. And then you get like a whole bunch of other radically different styles on top of which. Some are better than others. Some stories are better than others. And some are just straight-up fan service. So your mileage may vary based on a Star Wars fan. If you're not a Star Wars fan, I think you could find at least one of these shorts. And they're kind of shorts. You have to go into that knowing that you're just getting like an ever small glimpse of a story. Because I'm watching a lot of them and I'm like, oh, this is kind of okay. But it didn't really build the characters up to begin with. Or right. it really didn't finish the story at the end. So... I'm not really sure, but yeah, I, I think in general it was a good concept and I like what they did with it. I think variation's good, especially when they keep it at homage and not just try to do fan service. I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's weird too, because like we're watching What If, obviously, every Wednesday, which is Absolutely. also just like big long story arcs compressed into 20 something minutes. And then I, I would say most of those at this point. I think we're up episode seven, right? Most of those so far have been like, okay, 
what else? What else happens? What next? There's like one, maybe two, where it just kind of ends and it's self-contained. You're like, okay, cool. I appreciate that for what it is. But the rest of them, you're like, and? And so some of these Star Wars things kind of give the same same vibe where it's it's a cool idea. It's a cool premise. It's cool animation. It's cool fight scenes. And then you get to the end and you're like, okay, (laughs) what what next? And then you wonder, like, are these like proof of concepts for Disney? Are they trying to find out? where should we invest our money into weird other projects? You know, like, I don't know. Maybe they're going to make a Marvel zombies movie. Maybe they're going to make, you know, an ancient samurai style Jedi movie. I don't know. <laughs> like I would, it's, I would take the latter for sure. It's not a bad idea. Honestly, it really isn't a bad idea. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty down with it. I, I think it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, the first star Wars one, I think it's the duel really great the ninth jedi really great and trying to think what was the other one that i really liked i think the village bride was the other one um the other ones are okay not too bad and what if it's been the same way too there's been some high points and some medium points i don't think any of the for me personally i don't think any of the what ifs have been bad i don't know about you anthony did you really dislike or love any of them in particular um yeah, I don't know. I did not like the Killmonger one. I don't think. Okay. I if I don't know if I would elevate it quite to being bad. I just it was it was one of those. Okay, like I don't I don't know where this was supposed to go or what the point was, and it's just over. Um, everything else kind of leads you to a certain point where you can kind of keep thinking of what might happen next. Uh, the Doctor Strange episode is pretty self-contained. I think that one's probably the best so far for mm. me. Um, yeah, the Killmonger one didn't bother me. I, I mean, I like the idea that he was just all out so intelligent that he was always at least two steps ahead of everyone else. And right. I thought that was interesting because I, I did think watching it, he was way, way too <laughs> ahead of everybody else. But right. nonetheless, it, it wasn't bad because it was intelligent. There was He had a strategy and a plan. As crazy as it may be, it was something that was kind of well laid out. I think beyond that, I, I guess it just depends on what your flavor is. Um, Party Thor, which was recent, mm. wasn't you know wasn't necessarily my super cup of tea, but it was fun. No, uh, I yeah, I did yeah. What you think of Party Thor? I same thing. It's all of these episodes have been tonally weird. Ex- yes. Again, except for Doctor Strange, which was pretty consistent throughout. But they all jump back and forth tonally, like the zombies one especially. Like like I love the concept, but like why are you making jokes right now? You know, um, that was weird. Yeah. So Party Thor was like, OK, this is fun. You get like some Marvel humor. And then all of a sudden it's Looney Tunes humor. And you're like, I don't know why we got to go that level. Like, why are <laughs> like, it was basically like Ferris Bueller's day off where he's yeah. like having a party before mom shows up. And I'm just like, I know all of these tropes and, and things like that. But yeah, yeah, I I think for me, the what if the what if they if all the Avengers were killed off, I thought that was a little thin for me because you know we built them up so big that it seemed weird that they would get knocked down as easily but it was kind of fun i guess the one i really liked was when t'challa becomes star lord basically i know that most people didn't like that one because it's kind of like i guess talk no jitsu it's like one of those things where it's like the hero just comes through and is like it's so charming and so intelligent that he's able to just like convince the bad people that you know they should turn good that's that's a naruto kind of you know way of doing things like we'll fight the bad people but eventually we'll just talk to them and they'll be our friends and that's awesome and you're like oh cool so yeah i think that's been pretty great but netflix has had a lot of good shows as well and i think you know the witcher the the cartoon movie was very good for what it was uh squid games i saw recently i don't necessarily recommend it very bloody very you know challenging in that kind of way but interesting and a really kind of a big swipe against capitalism if you don't mind me saying <laughs> um so there, there's been some really good shows out there uh, ted lasso has been fantastic i know a lot of people had problems with the second season but i think that's just a given once you set the family up you can't just keep setting the family up kind of situation the found family right. trope so i also like the chair which is if you're in academia uh Susan O oh is on Netflix on that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty chill. Uh, I really liked Lower Decks, which is a Star Trek um, anime series, cartoon series kind of thing. It's all fan service, which 
can be a little annoying, but it's so well done that I really kind of like every moment of it. So um, that's been that's been my kind of watch. How about you, Anthony? Anything else? Yeah, man. I mean, I love Ted Lasso. Uh, I, I don't get the hate on it because it's just a happy show and happy times. Um, and sure. I really, really like the last couple episodes because I think they've gone interesting places with those characters sure. and done things that other shows are afraid to do, which I wouldn't necessarily have expected early in the season, but I'm glad they did it because I think it's... I don't want to spoil it, obviously, but um, that, that show's get it's, it's just so good. I would uh, say the one thing about that show that most people miss, you don't have to be a football soccer fan in order to enjoy it. There's very right. little there's very little sports involved in the show. So if you're not a sports fan, don't worry about it. You're going to like it regardless. Yeah, it's a workplace comedy. They're just a bunch yeah. of coworkers dealing with each other, right? And there just happen to be a lot of them because it's a sports team. Um. Yeah, so that's good. And then what we do in the shadows, like I, I stumbled upon this one right before season two came out and then watched all of season one and two. And now season three is coming out and it's so good. Such a good show. It's ridiculous and over the top. And the characters, right. yeah. like all three of, of the actors who play the vampires are just, or four, I should say. Can't forget Colin Robinson. Um, yeah. They're just amazing. And Guillermo, like just a whole nother level after season two. So if you have not watched great. that, highly recommend it. Uh, Taika Waititi, obviously, he made the oh movie gosh. first back in New Zealand, uh, and he's deeply involved in producing it now. And obviously, that means it's great because he makes all things that are great. So. Yeah. So, just some recommendations for you if you are looking to watch something fun. Those things are out there, so check them out. All right, Anthony, let's get on to the things that's going on with our listeners. What's our question of the week? All right, back to board games. Uh, question of the week this week. What's a game that came out of nowhere and you played way more than you expected? So not a hidden gem necessarily, but a game that you did not see coming that just kind of blindsided you. And you're all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have to play this forever now. Right. <laughs> um, last year for me, it was Lost Ruins of Arnak. Like I got that in with Under Falling Skies because that's the game I really wanted to review. And I played Arnak first and I was like, Oh, great. Now this is like my game of the year all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, and I've been playing it nonstop since. So uh, some answers from the listeners here. Uh, David, he mentions Cascadia, which we reviewed a couple weeks ago. Uh, awesome. So he says he backed it last year on a whim and wasn't sure if he would like it until it arrived. And now he loves it. Uh, it's beautiful, easy and quick to teach and a great short game that now never seems to leave my game bag. So I agree. That one kind of came out of nowhere for me as well. Uh, it was just like, hey, it's animals from where I grew up. And they're like, actually, the game's amazing, too. Woo! <laughs> um, Josh mentions Ganshon Clever. Uh, Roll and rights are okay in my book, but this one really grabbed me. I played a ton in person and even more in the app. I think I think that one for a lot of people, even if they don't want to admit it, like that's of all the Roll and rights that came out in that three-year period, that's the one that hit the hardest. Mm. So for those who don't hate them. <laughs> sure. Uh, Tommy says, uh, for light family game, little flower shop. And then for mid heavier worker placement games, uh, circadians first light, which you talked about a few weeks ago, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, Andre mentions Pax Pamir introduced by a friend and then got into a rabbit hole. So, uh, and mm. David seconds that game. I also was all in on that one. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter because of root and it was Cole Worley's next game. Yeah. And then I, Came in, I was like, actually, this is amazing. I backed it for literally knowing nothing about it. Um, Adam says the crew uh, turned out to be something completely different than what we expected. The plot of the story is so bad and full of the cringiest techno babble. Uh, we bought it based on the look of the cover and didn't know it was a trick taking game. But, <laughs> but, big but, a bunch, bunch of negatives, but a big but. Uh, gameplay is great, fun, and we often play it after the main event of a game night. Uh, okay. John Minson mentions the red cathedral uh brian mentions underwater cities so heard some buzz about it and demoed it at pax unplugged a couple of years ago bought it that day and still in re regular rotation um hadrian's wall igers mentions hadrian's wall this is a really big complicated roll and write um uh that's was out of print five minutes after it came out and uh, a couple other mentions here without you know not without any additional details gudatama the card game Kerala. Uh, Cursed Court and Chinatown. So, hmm. so lots of games off the beaten path. You can find the whole yeah. thread on Facebook if you want to check out any of those games. Uh, 
yeah, like I said, for me, I think last year it was Lost Ruins of Arnak. There's been a bunch over the years, though. I feel like every now and then, just we'll get a game in for review, or we'll pick something up at the convention, and we're we'll like, actually, this game's amazing, and I don't know why <laughs> I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, what about you? Anything come to mind? I'm, I mean, the one that's always popped up over the years, and it's been many years at this point, has been Concordia. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I guess because, you know, coming up in board gaming, we used to listen to so much Tom Vassell, and Tom really had a thing against, and I understand, but he always had a thing against, uh, you know, how would you say it? Building, sailing in the Mediterranean, trading in the Mediterranean kind of thing. So when right. Concordia came out, it was like, oh, cool, another game like we've seen a thousand times, right? And then it was like, oh, no, this is amazing. Everyone loves Concordia, despite its weird kind of cover. It's really one of the best games that ever has been out there at this point. And again, it's another game you slept on. I guess the only other game that kind of tricked me, so to speak, was No Thanks, which was a little tiny card game. And I was just like, oh, uh, this is certainly not going to be a a situation or a game or something that was going to be ever playable. This is going to be something you're going to play once and toss in the garbage, basically. And it's awesome. And it's something that, like, again, you can play really quick and easy with practically anyone and enjoy it. So, yeah, I think those things kind of stepped up and stepped out a little bit. So that's all the games that we're talking about from that. If you'd like to hit us up again, as Anthony said, Facebook, Twitter, BoardGamersAnonymous.com. A lot of places to let us know what you are thinking so this way we can talk about those great games upcoming. So, Anthony, that's what's happening with all of our listeners. Let's get on to the games that we want to get to the table. Let's talk about our acquisition disorders. All right. I got the biggest one. I guarantee it's uh, the biggest one. No, nah, you don't. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you, you don't think so? No, okay. I don't. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I got Eastern Empires. So this is one half of Mega Civilization uh, re-implemented. And it is on Kickstarter right now from 999 Games. I They had a, a sale at some point on like slightly dented copies of Western Empires. Uh maybe a year or two ago. So I have a copy of Western empires, oh, which no. I got in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is somewhere over here. Um, and so what these are is each of them is like three to nine players and they take like three to 12 hours and they are giant civilization games, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you take on the role of one of the civilizations in, in that realm and Western empires, obviously it's, traditional Europe, Eastern Empires, which is the new one on Kickstarter, is around the Arabian Peninsula and the Silk Road. Um, and they're they're all about building up your culture and I don't know, it's a civilization game and it's very like proto-civilization game. So it's city building, it's civilization elements, there's trading, there's economic elements, you're building up, you know, your wealth throughout uh, the course of the game. And it takes place over the course of 8,000 years, of course, because it's a big civilization game. This is based on, I think, well, when did that come out? Mega Civilization came out, I want to say 2015. And that was like a re-implementation of Civilization and Advanced Civilization. And it was like the full shebang, like 5 to 18 players. Uh, and they said 6 to 12 hours, but it was like 18 plus hours at times. Big, big game. Came in a big wooden crate, cost $400, whatever it was. Like, nobody could get this thing. It was ridiculous. So they eventually split it up. And they're like, all right, well, you can buy the first half, and you can buy the second half. You want to combine them all. Then you can play Mega, mega Empires, is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And so it's on Kickstarter now, Eastern Empires. And I'm not going to run through the game, because it's like something like 13 turns over 12 rounds or something, or 15 turns over 13 phases. Sorry. So there's obviously a bunch of different things you're going to do on every turn of the game and mm-hmm. you do it all simultaneously, which somehow makes it faster, but it's still crazy long. And there's hundreds of cards in the box and all these different tracks. And it's, there's a lot going on. Like you go to the Kickstarter, you can kind of scroll through everything. Um, it's in, it's like in a Kemet size box and it's full to the lid. The Western empires is I'm sure Eastern yeah. empires is the same. Anyways, you can back this on Kickstarter now. Uh, and you can get Eastern Empires by itself is like 140 something dollars. It's a d- decent chunk of change. Right? It's a big game. Yeah. Um, if you don't have Western Empires already, like I do, 
you can get mega empires and they'll throw Western empires in with it for an extra 70. So it'd be 212 to get both of them, which is still half of what mega civilization costs, but you don't get the big wooden crate. Um, also, you will never play this. You will never play it. <laughs> I've had Western empires now for two, two and a half years, whatever it's been. I haven't played it and I never thought I would. I was just like acquisition disorder. It's cheaper than it was. Now I own this thing I don't need. Uh, so it still looks amazing. I love civilization games. It's one of my favorite genres of game. They're all too long, which stinks. So I never play any of them, but mm-hmm. I do love them. And I am stupidly tempted to buy, to back this, even though I knew I just, it's not going to happen. I don't have the group to get it done, especially not right now. So, um, but if you do have the group and you love civilization games and you want to do something crazy and dumb and play for 17 hours some weekend. Here you go. Eastern Empires on Kickstarter now. It's up for like another two weeks when we recorded this. And it is very expensive, but it's a lot of game. I mean, the this game, again, is one of those situations where they never questioned if they should do it. They just went ahead and did it. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where like, I really applaud the the hubris here. And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, but like they went for it. I remember the wood crate. I remember being, I think it was at Gen Con and talking to the people there and they were at wit's end because they were having such a hard time selling the game. And it was one of those situations where since the game was so expensive, you just couldn't give out like any discount or review copy or you couldn't just put that on a table to preview because it was such a massive game. And I think, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I think one of the conventions had it as playable at the convention, but you had to commit to a full day, like whatever it was, like 8 or 12 hours of education training before you could actually play in the game. Because they didn't (laughs) want anyone to come in blindly and just say that they knew the game and just didn't know the game because now you just ruined it for 18 people. So, yeah, I I think this is a game that unfortunately, like you said, I I didn't even know you owned this, but like, I get it. I I certainly get it. I just, it's very sad and disappointing. I don't, I don't know if there's a way to mentally kind of work your way around, like actually getting that game to the table in a reasonable amount of time. But yeah, no, that's a mega game. I, I, I feel like you do need the wooden crate just because like you said, it it might as well be like a coffee table. (laughs) Just be like. And Mega Civilizations, our coffee table. Ah, yeah. yeah. Look what we did here, you know? When, when I thought I was going to... So we, we bought this house recently. And when I thought I was going to have an extra game room, you know, and we ended up not quite having enough the space that we thought we, we could get. Mm-hmm. But when I thought I was going to have a whole dedicated room, I seriously considered just setting this up in the corner. I mean, like, I'll just poke at it so that I can learn the game over time. Because that's like the only way you could do it. Unless yeah. you had seven or eight friends who could all sit down and do it. This is 1 million percent a convention game. Yeah. There's no way some people are going to write in and say they do, but there's no way any of you have 17 friends who are going to come over to your house for 18 hours. It's just not going to happen. Nope, and if you do, can I be one of them? I want to do it. Me too. Like, <laughs> Me too. I want to I come over. Yeah. But I, it's still cool. And you know, each of the standalones plays three to nine. So you could probably get four or five people and play it in like five, six hours. And that's just, that's basically Twilight Imperium time. That's not too crazy, right? If you play one by itself. Uh, But someday I'm going to do it. I just need to keep myself, I need to keep myself from backing this one because owning both of these is insane. Insane. Unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, 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 All right. Well, Anthony had a, what he con- considered the biggest Kickstarter, but in fact, there's a much bigger Kickstarter. And I don't know if everyone heard the news, but the thing that you can back now, it's not on Kickstarter, but one of the things you can back now more than ever is Asmodee. Asmodee is up for sale for 2 billion euros. So, oh my it, gosh, Anthony. 2 billion <laughs> euros. So, oh yeah. man, I wasted it. I could have done this any other week and I would have won. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> I called your bluff, buddy. Yes, Asmodee is being sold by PAI Partners, who currently owns them, for a reported 2 billion euros. 
Goldman Sachs, the largest investment bank on the planet, has been engaged to make this sale. So, if you have 2 billion euros, you can buy <laughs> Asmodee. And if you do, invite me over because I want to play a game with you. That's all I'm saying. So okay. let Anthony play his, his mega civilization thing, and no. you and I will play Asmodee. <laughs> we, will, we will run Asmodee together. I know one of you out there do have billion, 2 billion euros somewhere, so why not, right? Like, I, that's the thing. I think I'd rather play Mega Empires, man. I don't know. No. I don't, know. I, I don't want to run Asmodee. You want to you run Asmodee? That. Oh, I would love nah, to run I don't Asmodee. Want to run Asmodee. Yeah, actually, oh, I probably man. would. That'd be pretty fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think of all the acquisitions and the economic engine and the worker placement, and yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be like literally the ultimate Euro game. It's a Euro company owning Euro games. Come on. Oh, Come on. Asmodee. You, you sold me, man. All right. We just got to find the money now. Yeah. Let's get, a go, let's get a GoFundMe up. Let's do it. <laughs> let's 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 put that out there. Let's, let's put it out there. Board Gamers Anonymous is buying Asmodee for 2 billion euros. So Goldman Sachs, hit us up. Uh, we're ready to purchase. Anthony and I are going to sell our board game collections, which comes in about 2 billion euro, I think, especially with Anthony's mega civilization hanging out there i mean i know it's dented but it's close to about two billion we'll talk we'll talk yeah, yeah um yeah. you know so that's pretty cool all right so that's one of my acquisition disorders the other one is honestly kind of close to two billion dollars <laughs> this is a game i actually do want very much and i heard about it and i was excited about it it's 11 football manager board game Manage and grow your own football club. And for us Americans out there, that means soccer club, right? So Anthony and I have been talking about Ted Lasso. If you want a really good, inspirational, fun, kind of easygoing experience, that's them managing a football club, right? Most of it's coaching, but there is some management kind of stuff back. Now, what I'm talking about here, again, is like I said, it's, you're managing a football club. But really what you're doing is you're playing a Euro game. And the Euro game comes in a bunch of different parts here. The first part is you have your executives, your, your coaches that are actually managing the team. You get three cards. It's, it's kind of pulled together in a draft. Each of those cards have special abilities. You put them together, and now you have an, a, a special team. You pull a board. The board is the one who owns the team. And... What happens is the board is looking for a vote. Like, what should they do with the team? You roll dice, and based upon your executive management coaching team, that's the decision you'll make for the round as far as bonuses, negatives, trades, things like that. Pretty cool. Now, once you have that team down, there's a lot of other pieces that come into the game. There's staff that will give you immediate or temporary bonuses that you can play throughout the game. There's players that you can draft, put into your team, mix your team up, has special abilities in and of itself, train them up to become even more powerful. And you also have a stadium. You have your home stadium that will be able to give you bonuses because of upgrades you make to the stadium throughout the game, fans, which will give you bonuses. And basically you're managing these four different tracks, money, uh, you know, passion, love for, love for the team, your physical fitness for for the actual kind of put together there and um, the actual staffing kind of situation. Now, there's a separate board where is really where the football comes involved because what you have is an opportunity to actually put your team on the field, which again is pretty awesome. You got ten players that are represented by ten jerseys, and they each have different numbers. So when the players come out, you got to pick the the cards, the, num the, the player number cards, whatever their jersey is, and that's the player. The card represents the number on your board. So you can't have two number twos, for example. You have to kind of like diversify the team. You have an opportunity to set your, your strategy based upon the scouting report. So the scouting report might be they're very aggressive or they're very defensive. And basically you flip over a card and it tells you based on where the board the other team has either been defensive or offensive. And if you meet or match the numbers depending on the situation, you will score goals or defend against goals or get scored on. It's a little mini game. It's pretty much the crux of the game. And then there is a tracking system as far as 
who will be able to kind of move up in the standings. And obviously, the more you move up, the more points you score. And the further you move down, the, the negative points that you'll score throughout the game. So it doesn't require you to be a football fan at all. It really doesn't. And you don't want to be regulated out of this out of this league and lose points in the game. But it really is just like your standard Euro game. I love this idea. I love this concept. One of the things that does kind of rub me the wrong way is it's very much a solo kind of game. Other than recruiting mm-hmm. the players, there is no interaction between them. Now, there are supposed to be some scenarios that come along with this game. I haven't seen it. Still, it's still up on GameFound, so it is a crowdfunded source on GameFound. Uh, by the time you hear this, you will have very little amount of time to actually back this. Honestly, I don't think that you should, even though I do love this tremendously. And the reason why I'm saying that is if you want to back the game with its multitude of mini expansion, it's going to cost $150 plus shipping. Nope. Even the base game alone is about $75 based on how the dollar and the euro are doing at the time, plus shipping, which is really expensive here. I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they just make the whole game 75 euros because the, even that's a pretty weighty price, but you would have everything. $150 for this, even with the possible upgrades, is a step too far. And honestly, the real problem is is that they wanted to raise so much money that they would be able to put all these extras in here. But since you basically have to back literally all of it all at once again, and because the upgrades and the, the stretch goals are connected to that, you're not really going to see all the extra stuff like you would want to see. Now, maybe they put them all in. Maybe they hit their goals at the last second. I really want to play this game. I really want to own this game. But honestly, at $150 plus shipping plus all the other little things you could add to it, we're talking about a $200 Euro game that's basically a very simple economic game. And it's from Portal Games, who I like, but I've honestly been, I think, disappointed with their games. I think they're generally good games, but just good games. I don't think that they're anything extraordinary. These, this is not a Vitalis Serta. In fact, the person who is the designer for this game, he actually produced, his name is Thomas Jansen, the same game previously called Club Stories. So the identical game is out there, but in a lesser production, pretty much, that you could have gotten. I don't know where or when this this game was available. This game came out in, I think it was, I want to say it's 2017, but it, it's, it's pretty much the same game. So I don't want to pay $200 for this game, even though I'm almost willing to pay $200 for this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that original one was self-published, but... okay. So I don't, I don't I don't actually think it's possible to get it because however many he made are no longer available. But yeah, it, the original game was designed for one to two players. Everybody says it's best at one. This is really just a really big solo game with a lot of fancy stuff layered on top it of is. it. Now, if you love football, soccer, and you are a solo gamer, no, then <laughs> then this might be the perfect sweet spot. I am the latter. The former is a meh. But I do love sports games, but the price did turn me off. Like, this is a game I'm going to wait on. Like, I backed the Predator Kickstarter uh, from Portal Games, and it was similarly priced. It was like 80 bucks. And I don't... When I finally got to the table, I'm like, it's fine. But then, you know, they had copies of Miniature Market for half that. I'm like, that would have been fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to recommend people back some of these things anymore. It is. It's this expensive. It's so much money. It's really hard because there's there's such interesting games that it would be nice if you could actually back that. Club Stories, the game itself, like you said, was a one to two player game. It's currently out of stock in second edition. Obviously, I don't think it's going to come out again. Maybe if you get a secondary cut, but that was thirty six dollars euro, thirty six euros. Mm. So I mean, this is ra- this is really an upcharge. And like you said, it, it's primarily a, a you know a solo game. And I don't think it's a bad idea as a solo game because you flip over the cards and you do the thing. So I would like this as a solo game. There is a solo component, which is one of the expansion modules. It's just too much. I got to – it's – look, let's be honest. It's either this or Asmodee. And I'm on the line. Still going to go Asmodee. 
close, close, just a little close. So yeah, it's, that's kind of sad. I, I wanted this. Please, dear God, stop putting everything in one Kickstarter. Let us buy the base game so it's reasonable. Uh, like I said, the the original base game was thirty six dollars, thirty six euros. The base game here is sixty euros. So kind of a different thing. I understand it's upgraded, but still, still a thing. All right, so those are the games that we want to hit the table. Let's talk about the games that we want to hopefully get to the table. If we had literally all the money in the world, my friends, it is our feature review. Talk me out of dot, 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 buying or backing Masters of Universe Clash of Eternia, the board game. Anthony, I have looked at this Kickstarter. I think this is an obscene Kickstarter, but that's Simon. Simon does obscene the best, Mm -hmm. right? And obviously, anytime you do an IP, so we just talked about 11 like that could have been the ted lasso game and been awesome and then the price would have made sense masters of the universe here right masters of the universe it's a solid ip that's been around it's recently been like i guess there's two versions of masters of the universe on on netflix right now we were talking about netflix there's two different he-man series happening right at the same time it's back it's rebooted it's back however you feel about it it's a thing this is like, again, this is one of those two-part kind of like nostalgia, but it actually is a board game, and it might be worth playing just as a board game in and of itself, even if you're not a hardcore IP fan here. So Masters of the Universe, the board game, Clash for Eternia from Simon and Mattel, so that's where the money's coming from, prove who has the power in a one versus many or... Fully cooperative game in which beloved, which it seems like a weird word for this game, beloved characters clash in a in a legendary fight for Eternia. Uh, Anthony, do you happen to have any feelings, thoughts, or passions for the He-Man universe? So here's the thing: uh-huh. you say be- you say beloved, beloved, but I would I didn't challenge. It's on the Kickstarter. You, I didn't. Wasn't read, you, you, you said all right? You read it. You read it. You read it. Fair, fair, fair. I thought it was, um, I thought it was weird. <laughs> I w- I would challenge anyone, and uh-huh. not everyone. Some people you, will certainly remember, but would, would anyone. You would you challenge? I would. Man? I would not challenge him. How about uh, Shira? Would you challenge Shira? Oh gosh, no. She's she even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I would challenge anyone to actually name most of these characters. I watched He Man. I loved He Man. Yeah, I, this is what I'm trying to get to. Is other than you, uh huh. <laughs> This is this is X Men all over again. We're like is. the vast majority of people are like, I love X Men, and then you look at all the list of characters, like I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> I loved He Man. I watched this as a kid. I had a bunch of toys. Sure, I'm I'm born in the eighties. This doesn't who what what is any of this? I ugh. but obviously it's a Simon Kickstarter, so you need to have four hundred named characters as Kickstarter exclusives. And so you get ridiculous things like Snout Spout and Mechanic. Like Awesome. I <laughs> I don't remember these. I remember Dude, some of them because spout. I had the toys. <laughs> snout Spout. Yeah. So bad. Like and all the, all this is doing is reminding me how dumb He-Man was. Oh. <laughs> there's actually there's actually a He-Man documentary on Netflix. It's actually pretty fun. It talks about how they decided to create He-Man. And basically, it was based on Conan the Barbarian, right? They wanted to make a kid's version of it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. That was just a little sad. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely wasn't wanting to sell millions of dollars worth of toys. That's not why they No, crazy. no, no, no. Yeah. But you liked, you you really did like the She-Ra series on Netflix, right? I did, yeah. And I, I haven't seen the new He-Man series, so they might be amazing. I don't know. I haven't seen them. She-Ra was fantastic. I, okay. I would absolutely buy She-Ra um, stuff at this point. And I, I don't know if this game's any good or not. I just think it's hilarious that they're like, look, it's Rockon and Extendar and your man Moss Man and Clamp Champ. And you're like, no. To be, to I be honest. A, I'm pretty sure I had a Clamp Champ toy. I remember that little arm thingy, but I, that's all I got. <laughs> Anthony, to be honest, Extend Man, they're really stretching it there, right? Come on, right? All right. Let me let me actually talk about the game a little bit, Anthony, because maybe this convinces you. And again, if you're mm. interested in backing this game, 
it wraps up on Friday, October 1st, 2021 at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So when you hear this, you may or may not <laughs> leave the basement in order to be able to back this. Now, let me let me talk a little bit about this because you mentioned that all the different characters. And you're right. Simon really understands what basically what people want are toys. And mm-hmm. that was very much what Marvel United was, was a lot of really cool characters that are toys that you could, like Funko, right? It was a cheap way to get all the toys that you ever wanted in a genre that was so obscure you would never actually see it as a normal action figure. So, yeah. So what is the possibility of you getting, like, Snout Spout as, like, a regular character or something like that? If someone's favorite character is that, like, awesome, now you can actually get it to play with or whatever, or Extendar or something like that. Now, so Simon's smart on this, and I'll and I'll say you why, because regardless of the He-Man IP, I honestly love and find myself oftentimes addicted to the collector part of me that wants to have all the the, the characters because I love the idea that I could put together different teams. This is the Arcadia Quest uh, mm-hmm. problem. Remember that? Remember that? Like that yep. was I mean, it's still I'm... going on. I bought like two characters the other day from like miniature market i got them on a good price but like you know like there are characters that like we're in the kickstarter they're going for like a hundred and some odd dollars and i'm like maybe not so yeah yeah, the idea that you get these really obscure characters is the reason why you back this kickstarter because you would never find a time where you get the obscure characters and be able to play with them like they're not just like variant art they actually have their own special abilities and team stuff like that so you do get the base game, which is all of the classic He-Man, Skeletor kind of characters. You do get all of their special abilities that come into play. You get a bunch of tokens. You get a bunch of textures and miniatures that kind of go into the play. Honestly, it's a very basic straight board. You're getting a rectangle board that you add like different terrain to based on the scenarios. Now, as Anthony said, it does come with a lot of extra characters in the game stone dar is here dude stone dar is in this game i don't i don't remember stone dar oh my gosh now he-man i was a little too old for he-man like as a kid i was like oh i i recognize that as a thing but it wasn't like exactly in my age range so i never really had like the ultimate passion for it but i do remember obviously all these kind of characters here and there's a lot of like these obscure characters, and the miniatures look even better. Like they've like Simon's really stepped up their game, if in fact they look like this one that they get released. And again, you're getting a lot of obscure characters that you would. Now, Anthony, if you're looking at this, and I know you are, did mm-hmm. I mention to you that you could get Castle Grayskull? Right? I was waiting I was waiting to get to Castle Grayskull. Yep. It's there. They actually uh-huh. have a miniature, a working miniature. The drawbridge goes up and down. There's little platforms. There's guns and stuff like that. You can actually play in the Castle of Grayskull. And you don't have to drop, like, I don't know, $10,000 these days to get the old one from, like, some collector. And it's there, man. Like, you can actually get that. It's a, it's a whole playset just for itself. And it plays in with the game. Yep, yep, yep. It it is a playset. You are correct. Um, I have two children, and I've bought playsets. They don't cost one hundred and ten dollars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you can't go buy Castle Grayskull today. But if Mattel decided tomorrow they wanted to reprint Castle Grayskull, the amount of plastic that that takes, it would cost thirty bucks. This is come on. It's just for well, the extra. To be fair, it's seventy five dollars for the castle. And, and oh, okay, that's reasonable. There you it's go. Hey, look. No. The giant Cthulhu. How much was that giant Cthulhu guy? Like, he was pretty massively expensive, right? Yeah, and that was also dumb. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of expansions here. There, it, You could buy the Castle Grayskull separately. You can buy a whole bunch of extra characters. Anthony, Shira and the Great Rebellion is here. And we're talking about the Shira from, I guess, from the 80s. So it's not the Netflix She-Ra, but it's a really good She-Ra. Like, again, I think a lot of people miss out. And again, you can watch a documentary. She-Ra back in the 80s was a really, like, very strong character. It wasn't wasn't like a trivial virtual singling character. She was cool. And she she had her own story, and she was very good. 
other than the fact that they didn't want her to like hit anybody with their with her sword, which again was weird, but I guess Ninja Turtles, right? So we can't complain, right? Right. Like you're, yeah. you're carrying all these deadly weapons and you're throwing pizza at foot ninjas. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Like you don't want the kids to stab each other with nunchucks and sigh. Like come all on. Right. You've seen South Park. You see what happens when they play with weapons. <laughs> That's right. Now, I will say they do have the Wrath of Snake Mountain, so you do get a giant dinosaur in there because that's a thing. They do have a bunch of terrain. You can back all of these things together. Now, Anthony, the one thing that I might be able to catch you on a little bit, I think one of one of the things that it's really interesting here is, again, and this might be legally distinct. I don't know if they – I checked the designers. They don't really have, like, anything on board GameGeek, but this is a very – very similar system, not identical, but a very similar system to Conan and Batman that you backed. Remember where the system where you load up the characters, the bad guys, right. the good guys, the one versus all, and then you play them out. That's what happens here. Don't you like that mechanic? Cool. So these unknown Uh-oh. designers got paid or getting paid a bunch of money by Mattel to rip off another system for a game I already have. There you go, buddy. Sounds great. Yep. No, I'll totally back that. It's a good system if it works. I don't... We'll see if they do anything good with it. Even Batman didn't do a great job of re-implementing it from Conan. Conan still does it the best. They do. So, which I find ironic that the He-Man game would rip off the Conan game. It's a very good system, one versus many. I really like the one versus many. I mean, you can play co-op, but I find it's like... It's the same thing with like the G.I. Joe deck builder they brought out. Like you want to play the two factions against each other instead of like everyone's playing against the bad guy. I don't, I don't want to play a co-op game that's meant to be a game, you know, versus two sides. Like that doesn't no, that's not, that's not fun. The one versus many is fun because it's the idea that you could play out all of those characters. And again, you could switch it up. You could play the villains versus the heroes or the heroes versus the villains. Like you could play it both ways. So I like the idea that they use that system because I like the idea of like having those power cubes available. So like if you wanted to play a special character or special ability, you had to pay energy. So it had that action token selection kind of situation here. Uh, Let me just wrap up. Really great artwork here. Like really great artwork. I've actually surprised that they didn't like downplay the artwork here it's it's really good artwork it's better than some of the he-man series i've seen out there the castle looks cool. yeah <laughs> the castle looks cool the pieces look cool the board is kind of boring very boring i get it it's because they have to put the terrain out there which is just flat pieces this is not hero quest it's it on the other side it's also a very basic kind of like hack and slash kind of situation like walk up to a guy hit them enough times, you know, meet the scenario kind of situation. Um, Anthony, a little bit like Battle Lore, second edition, you know, where it's basically you line up one side, they line up the other side, and you attack each other until someone's dead. I mean, it's He-Man. If it was anything more than that, I would wonder what they're doing. Yeah, they have scenarios. So obviously they haven't released the scenarios. So who knows? Who knows what eventually the scenarios will come into play here, but... It's there. It's on Kickstarter. It's kind of expensive. I, I guess that's the most important thing we should talk about. If you do want to back all of it, and again, I don't think it's crazy expensive. It's $220. That's and, not all of it, though, because it doesn't have any of the add-ons. So. Well, it, it does have some of the add-ons. I mean, the, the base game is 110 The, the yeah. 220 comes with the, the castle and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't have like Wrath of Snake Mountain or the Shira stuff or any of the terrain. Sure. Like if you want all in, all in, it's like four hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean you get the. I mean I feel like for this game you want obviously you want the base game, but you want you can't really get this game without getting Castle Grayskull. It's so iconic and it's it's terrain. It's literally terrain for the game. So you could kind of go away and not get the other stuff. I mean I would pick it up personally. The She-Ra stuff looks awesome. Everything else is kind of secondary. I would totally bring that into the game. But the the, the castle's there. 220 for it. Ton of plastic. Again, we just mentioned, you know, 11, that that game was running for 150 and it was kind of a, you know, a basic but enjoyable Euro game. This is 220. Um, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
Check back with us next week, and I'll let you know if I back Masters of the Universe, <laughs> the board game, Clash for Eternia. I will mention that after I talked about Verdant on Kickstarter last week, I did back it. I did back it after yeah. my... I was like, you know what? I talked myself into it. Damn it. <laughs> and I backed yeah. it right away. I can vouch for that. Like we, we went to log off and I looked at my phone. I'm like, it said, Chris backed Verdant. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You talked yourself into that one. That I was did. great. <laughs> it backfired. I was trying to talk you into it and I ended up backing it. So that's yeah. on me. But dude, that's $29. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, yeah. it's a little it's a little different. And that does have um, uh, Beth Sobel's artwork in there too. Yeah. So, you know. I, you know, look, I'm saving the money for the Asmodee acquisition. So once, once, once Asmodee <laughs> hears that I am willing to buy them for uh, 2 billion euros, as long as the market's to my favor, right? I'm going to pick up some Bitcoin and, you know, I'm going to put together all the board game money that I have available to me. And maybe that makes 2 billion euro. I don't know. Good. Could be. Could happen. Yeah. You never know. You never Trade know. Trade resources for money. We have to see. Is it four to one, two to one? How many victory points do I get at the end of the game for that? So. <laughs> I don't know, man. So, yeah, that's that's all the fun stuff. Check the game out. You have a little time. Back it. Don't back it. Let me know. I'll let you know next week if I'm able to hold out and, you know, push back the, uh, the powers of all the universes out there. All right, everyone. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. Take care. <laughs>